Hello, my friends. I want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in here at Paul White Ministries to this little Greetings from the Road. I'm doing this today this way because I am on the road. We are in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm wearing my Doan pullover the zip up. I am at my son's uh, conference tournament slash college graduation weekend. This is a very exciting weekend here in the White House. Uh, my son Lucas is graduating from Doan University. He is playing in the, his baseball conference tournament. We came up a few days early to to celebrate and to watch him play ball, which has been exciting. Uh, and and uh, because of that, um, we uh, I'm shooting this video. And that that isn't actually why I'm shooting the video. Um, I didn't say that right. I'm shooting the video from the road because I didn't have anything in reserve to to air for you on our Sunday sermon drop. And I just had so much to do and we left early that I couldn't shoot one. So I thought I'll do one from the road and I want to, when I do it, I'll greet the people, tell them what we're doing, but then talk a little bit about something that's on my heart or something that I've been reading. And and that happened in that I've been dwelling on a passage of scripture or at least a story. And I had a thought or two I'd like to share with you. And um, before I do that, I want to say thank you to those of you who have been supporting us lately and helping us in the ministry and making it possible for us to do what we do. Um, I got one of, I've got a couple of the most encouraging messages in the last month from listeners. Um, I heard from a man who told us how important that we were to him and his ministry friends, that, that the stuff that's coming out of this ministry is feeding them as preachers and that they've grown to a place of trust and they're taking that word and and using it, and it's helping them grow and helping them preach. And I heard from another man as a pastor who talked about how he has struggled um, with with validation and ministry and all through those whole all that sort of success system of the ministry world, and how we've been releasing him and helping him to find liberty. And man, that just encourages me. And I, I want to thank you for your encouragement for those emails and messages and phone calls and letters. I want to thank all of you who have supported us financially, who have helped to make it possible that we can continue to share good news. And I just want to thank so many thousands of you for your prayers and you just asking the Lord to help that guy, bless that guy, give him a word. And and I appreciate you so much. If you want to reach out, our uh, ministry address is in the com is, is uh, in the description. And uh, you can email us at info at paulwhiteministries.com. And our link to give is also on that website. If you want to do that, we appreciate you. I want to read for you a couple of verses from a story that has been a, a, a probably one of the most fascinating to my, all of us. I was going to say to me, and I thought, well, who isn't fascinated by Lazarus's resurrection? Um, John chapter 11, where Jesus goes to Bethany and he has heard that his friend Lazarus is sick. And we've all heard it taught. We've preached it. We've talked about it. This moment, this incident where Jesus is with um, Mary and Mark, or he's with his disciples and someone comes to him and says, your, your uh, friend that you love, uh, Lazarus, is sick. Jesus makes this comment, interesting phrase in John eleven four. Jesus hears it and says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Listen to 6. When he heard he was sick, 
he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And then after this, he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. Now the disciples, interjection here, the disciples are a little scared to go back. Because they say, listen, last time we were there, they wanted to stone you. And Jesus basically almost looks like he goes off on the side tangent. He goes, listen, there's only so much time in the day to work. Got to work while it's day. Uh, if we don't do it while it's day, it can't be done. Sort of a, uh, we got to do things in the right time. We can't let the fact that people don't like me and that people are going to stone me. We can't let that stop us from doing what we need to do. Um, and then he says this in verse 11, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him. And when his, his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. And Jesus said to them plainly, that, that word's key there because now he's speaking plainly, which tells me that in verse four, he was not speaking plainly. Let's remember verse four. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Then in verse 11, he speaks plainly, our friend Lazarus sleeps, I'm sorry, 14, he speaks plainly, Lazarus is dead. Okay, it sounded like in verse 4, this sickness is not unto death. You and I, I think, would probably take it the way the disciples seemed to take it, which was, He's sick, but he's not going to die. So we, we can wait around. But then in 14, he says plainly, Lazarus is dead. Not Lazarus is dying. Lazarus is dead. 15, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. Um, what just happened? <laughs> this is a sermon that I'm actually working on one. And I wanted to do this video too to kind of let you in on behind the scenes. Um, I, I've, I've had an idea of a message called When Jesus Drags His Feet. And that message, I've never preached it that way. I've been thinking about it. And what my thoughts are is that in Bethany, Jesus intentionally drags his feet so that Lazarus will die. Because God, and, and so that leads me to why. What's the purpose? If we're going to title the sermon When Jesus Drags His Feet, what would we be trying to convey? Is it that Jesus sometimes is lazy, that Jesus is sometimes slow, that Jesus is sometimes not quite on time? Um, the answer to all of those, I think, is no. I don't, I don't think it's laziness. I don't think it's sloth. I don't think it's apathy. Um, and I think that the scriptures bear this out. In verse 4, Jesus tried to tell them, this, the glory of this sickness is not going to be death. But God's going to be glorified in this moment. And they took it to mean he's not going to die here. Yet Jesus then sticks around two extra days until Lazarus dies and says, let's go wake him up. And they go, well, he's just asleep. And they're saying that not simply because Jesus said, let's wake him up. But they're saying it because Jesus told them this sickness was not unto death, but for God's glory. And when Jesus then speaks plainly and says Lazarus is dead, the reconciliation between verse 4 and verse 14 is this. Jesus must wait until Lazarus is dead because Jesus doesn't save the dying. Jesus saves the dead. Let me clean that up a little bit. What The reason Jesus drags his feet is because if God's going to get the glory in this sickness then it's only going to be glory 
the way it needs to be glory if Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, not if Jesus delivers Lazarus from dying. Because the power of Jesus is not to deliver you from dying. The power of Jesus is to raise you from the dead. You see, when Jesus saved you, he didn't save you from dying. He brought you out. He took you into his death and resurrected you a new man. He is not saving you from dying. In fact, he needs to wait until you die. This is why Paul would write, I died. I died. Or we are, are dead. And our lives are hid with Christ in God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's not really I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. What's Paul saying? I have died in Christ. Therefore, I have raised in Christ. Having died to the old, I'm alive to the new. I'm not dying to the old. I have died so that I can be raised in Christ. Jesus dragged his feet in the Lazarus story so that he could bring glory through a resurrection, not through a stalling of death. And our salvation is not a stalling of death. Jesus isn't just putting sin at bay. Jesus isn't just holding back the tide. Jesus is putting us into his death and raising us into his newness. Let's move on into the story. I think we get a, a little taste of this. Jesus says to Martha in verse 23, your brother's going to rise again. And Martha says to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Okay, let, let's put these together. This is fascinating to me. She goes, yeah, he's going to resurrect again. We're all going to resurrect again. And Jesus says, listen, you're thinking about a day. I want you to think about a man. He says, I am the resurrection. And I want you to think about a moment in the future. I want you to think about the person of the future. Jesus, we encounter him so that resurrection is not merely something in the physical but something in the spiritual. Listen to the last part of 25. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Listen, you believe in me, you're going to die in the natural. I'm not here to save you from dying. I'm here to raise the dead. If a man believes in me, though he dies, he'll live. He didn't say, if he dies, you're going to die. He says, if a man believes in me, oh, he'll die, but he'll live again. Why? Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. So what you're calling death, he says, is a death that everyone goes through. He says, but what I call a spiritual death is a life eternal that once you inherit it in a resurrected man, you never die. Remember how he opens this phrase, I am the resurrection. If a man believes in me, believes in who? And don't just say Jesus right here. You say, well, if a man believes in Jesus. No, if a man believes in the resurrection, who's the resurrection? Jesus. But if he believes that Jesus is the resurrection, Jesus, and listen, I know I'm, I'm trying to slow down here without getting ahead of myself. If he's the resurrection, then the only way to get into a resurrection is to die. And if you had to die in the natural, merely to get resurrected, easy. Just die, you'll be resurrected. But to, but to die 
another way, which is to meet your spiritual death in his spiritual death so that you can meet your spiritual resurrection in his resurrection. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection. He who believes in me as the resurrection, oh, he may die, but he, does, he doesn't really die. He lives. He lives through his death. Listen to that phrase. He lives through his death. That doesn't even make sense. But Jesus basically says that. If you believe in me as the resurrection, you live through your death. And whoever lives and believes in me never really dies. Because he just goes from one place into the next place. And then he asks a tough question. doesn't sound like a tough question, but it is. At the end of verse 26, do you believe this? So I ask you the question, do you believe this? Do you believe that if you believe that Jesus is the resurrection, you must subsequently believe that if there's going to be a resurrection, there has to be a death? You see, God took upon himself to be man and then tasted death for us all. He went into death so that he could recreate, he could create a new man on the earth. Jesus dragged his feet because this is something that's becoming abundantly clearer to me. He dragged his feet because he needed Lazarus to die so that he could show himself as the resurrection because you don't resurrect dying people, you resurrect dead people. Salvation is not coming to the Lord to stave off what's wrong with you. Salvation is coming to the Lord to kill what's wrong with you so that you can become the new man in Christ. And as we experience that, I think what we start to see as we follow Jesus is that we are following a man who in every facet of life at every turn was trying to introduce us to the life of death. I don't mean our lives are boring and our lives are dead, but he was introducing us to that life in Christ is that we die. We die to who we were to come alive in him. Those of you who have entered into his resurrection and we personify this in baptism, we go down into the waters of baptism, we're baptized into his death, and then raised into a newness of life. And when that happens, we take upon us, we put what is us into him, and we take upon us the qualities of the resurrected man. We haven't met the entirety of the resurrection, but our baptism is working. Um, I, I would maybe say it this way. When we die... The words that should probably be spoken over us at our funeral, among many words, but maybe one of the words should be, this man, this woman, has finally finished their baptism. Because what's really happened is that they have moved over into that resurrected man. See, if that man stands up, that resurrected man's newness of life. I hope this made sense to you, and I hope I conveyed it. It's been kind of bubbly in me the last few days, and I thought this would be a fun little passage of Scripture. I encourage you to dig into John 11 and uh, take a look at this spectacular passage. When this little video posts, it will post on the 15th of May. Originally, that's my birthday, and so thanks um, in advance to those who send those birthday greetings. It happens every year, and I'm so Always so appreciative. I'm 45 years old today, and uh, I'm I'm happy and I'm full of meaning. And I thank God for where I am. I thank God that you are a part of my life, and that we get to be a part of your life. Um, it is so encouraging. For those of you who do not know, uh, we host a podcast every day called the Deeper Daily Podcast, and it is a journey through the Bible. 
As of this posting, we are in the book of 1 Timothy, working verse by verse through Paul's letter to Timothy. We spent the last year in the book of Genesis, working through the Genesis stories. We move sort of book to book, jump around. If you like a good daily Bible study, check out Paul White Ministries wherever you get your podcast and subscribe and you'll get something every day. We do seven deeper daily podcasts per week. This Sunday video is also available through audio on that site, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you Spotify, wherever you listen to them. And then we also do one in the middle of the week that drops every Wednesday. So check it out. I hope and pray that um, they are a blessing to you. And of course, if you are watching this on YouTube, please take a moment and click subscribe on the PWM channel. And those notifications will come to you when we post new videos. And we post a new video every Wednesday and every Sunday, minimally. And that's just the minimum. Um, but we will get something to you and we try to put new content into your life all the time, free of charge. We do have some product and things for sale at our website, paulwhiteministries.com. Coming up in the next few weeks, we'll be able to see some videos that we're posting from our trips on the road and also our monthly meetings that we hold in Georgia and in South Carolina. Uh, I thank God for each and every one of you. I'd like to pray over you today if you have stuck around this long um, and I hope that you're going to have a fantastic week. Father, I thank you for the good people that you've put into our lives and that you've put us into their lives just a little bit. Thank you for each of them. Pray that you would bless them. Pray that you would move upon them with revelation. Wisdom is wonderful, but Father, we don't transform because we figured things out. We transform because we meet Jesus. I pray for a revelation of your love and your glory, your resurrected man in each and every one of these people. Thank you. We, we praise you. And we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. We love you. God bless.